2: Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. You uh, you heard that right, it is Wednesday and uh, we have switched up the schedule on you guys. This is your normal Thursday team, but from now on, you got us on Wednesdays. It is Steve Furhatch, Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. What's going on guys? Man, Wednesday edition, that feels weird, but it feels kind of right. Yeah. I'm impressed with myself that I
4: said it correctly on the first take as I well. forgot we were Wednesday until you said
5: it. <laughs> <laughs> all all day I have been thinking like, oh, the week is halfway over because I just have been so used to now for a year, us recording on Wednesday nights, and then I got home and I was like, crap, it's only Tuesday. It's it's only Tuesday, but we're still here. Steve's back mm-hmm. home, so thanks for <laughs> taking the pressure off me. <laughs>
2: So this gets – we'll give everybody just a sneak peek behind uh, behind the curtain of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Sarah got to host last week for the first time, did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beforehand, she sent us a whole itinerary of everything that we were going to be talking about. It was awesome. It was great. I was like, yeah, wow, yeah. it kind of makes me feel like I, I'm slacking on my job as the host. And uh, this week, Sarah – Itinerary's gone, nowhere to be found. She's like, eh, we'll talk about the linebackers. We'll, we'll figure it out. No big deal. She actually said, why don't you tell me exactly who I need to talk about? Because <laughs> I don't want to have to think
4: about it. That's how far, like, in one week. One week. It's all what it took, it. man.
5: It's been a long week. I'm very tired. <laughs> and, and I was excited because I'm like, it's okay. The week's almost over. And then I realized the week wasn't over. I was like, guys, just tell me what I need to talk about, and I'll I'll talk about it because it's been a long week, and it's only the beginning of the week. So. It's,
2: it's Tuesday, Sarah. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Well, uh, let's 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 jump into the Super Bowl. I mean, it was a good game. It was a lot of fun to watch commercials everywhere. So let's start off. You know, I mean, it's us. So let's start. What was your Dusty? How was your pulled, pulled pork pizza?
4: everything i wanted it to be man so i did uh you know pizza the pizza sauce a bunch of cheese pepperoni uh bacon ground beef and then pulled pork and it Jeez. was it was amazing like i didn't even want like it's a personal pizza and so you know it's cut you know into four slices i was full because i i gorged myself on all other kinds of snacks my brother made sure. uh uh i think i mentioned this last week uh beef jerky. That was like my grandfather's recipe. I ate entirely too much of that. So by the time my pizza came out, I didn't want the whole thing, but I <laughs> ate the whole thing because I'm an American man and that's that's what I do. Uh, so yeah, it was amazing. Everything I hoped for.
2: Sarah, any uh, food that stuck out for you?
5: Yeah, I mean, I was not expecting a big Super Bowl food platter just because I'm a fresh out of college and don't have money to buy everything like that. <laughs> but It was really cool. My mom was up visiting me this past weekend, and she stayed at my place, and I had a couple friends coming over, and before she left, she offered to, you know, say, like, hey, what do you guys want? I'll I'll treat you guys to some food, and so we had wings and chips and everything you could imagine, so shout out to my mom for being awesome and kind of meeting us halfway on that and letting us have a legit Super Bowl party, per se, with real food that was Great. So I had a good time. I had a bunch of chicken tenders from Publix. um, Steve was um,
4: shocking. Shocking. Steve asked the food question and was legit just waiting for you to say Publix.
5: Yeah. So I had a bunch of chicken tenders from Publix, too many (laughs) chips, but it was great. I enjoyed it. I had a really nice time.
2: And I, uh, again, will shout out my sister-in-law's sister-in-law that brought over the uh, buffalo chicken dip, which is just outstanding. Uh, It was so good. I mean, that that was the best thing of the night for me. So I had a whole plate full of it, and then I would go back at times and just grab a single chip and just throw it. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) Um, Commercials, commercials. Let's get into your favorite one before we get into a little bit of game time stuff. But one stick out to you, Dusty, at all?
4: Man, I'm a big, um, big Western guy. I grew up on Westerns. Uh, my grandfather's a big Western guy, so I watched a ton of them growing up. Uh, and so seeing uh, uh, Sam Elliott in his uh, Tombstone mustache glory going uh, going up against Lil Nas X was incredible. Just I've, that entire commercial was great. So there's a handful of them that stand out, but uh, Lil Nas X versus Sam Elliott was uh, I don't know. We think about that for a very long time.
2: I, if, if I could change my voice into one person's voice, I would pick Sam Elliott. Yeah. I don't know if if you've ever watched the ranch on Netflix. I have not. No. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just Sam Elliott living on a ranch, being a farmer and like swearing a lot and everything like that. And every time I watched the show, I was just like, man, he's got the coolest voice of all time. He
4: really does. It's I mean, so cool. He's you know, Tombstone obviously great. Uh, Gettysburg incredible. Lebou- Big Lebowski great. Oh, yeah. He's actually in a season of Justified where he has his mustache shaved and he kind of looks like a turtle. Ooh. But but also awesome. He's just he's just great, just great.
2: Sarah, any of your favorite commercial?
5: I really liked the Lil Nas one too. That one made me laugh. And then. Um... What other ones? Did, oh, the the shining one with Mountain Dew, yes. and at the end instead of all the blood coming down the hallway, it was Mountain Dew. That genuinely, ge- genuinely, I can't speak. <laughs> genuinely made me laugh so hard because I just wasn't expecting it. Um, and then the Cheetos one with the hands was good as well. So that one, I I really liked. How I did
2: appreciate like the MC Hammer at the last yeah. second. That was a. Uh, mm-hmm. That was really good. Uh, We talked about this before, but I love the Josh Jacobs commercial. Uh, It was really cool, like an emotional thing, and then it got ruined in the last five seconds when they just put the Kia car right out there. Like, what the hell? Come on. You have, like, 55 seconds of emotionalness and, like, talking about how, like, your football field is going to be where you're going to change your life and everything like this. Is little Josh Jacobs. Like, oh, my God, so cool. And then you just put a key out there. Like, come on. Like, it was a great commercial all the way up until then. Um, I liked the, I love this, I know we talked about it last week, but the Sonata commercial, that was really funny with all the Boston accents. Uh, that was a really good one. Um, and then the Jason Momoa one, too. That was outstanding. Yeah. Him all of a sudden having like skinny arms and skinny legs and being bald. That was pretty cool. It was it was solid it was a good
4: visual of him actually like taking his arms off like how they accomplished that It actually looked really taking really the good.
2: chest and the stomach off that was a good one, yeah. <laughs> it looked
4: really really good yeah uh
2: game time what's uh sarah let's start with you what were you thinking how did you like the game
5: I enjoyed the game uh I thought it was I mean the first half was a little boring just because it wasn't super high scoring but I think if when I looked at the game as a whole it was entertaining you know it' was, It had its moments. It had moments where, you know, it's the Super Bowl, so you're not 100% locked in paying attention, or at least I wasn't, the whole time. You know, you're hanging out with your friends, you're talking. And so I felt like it was almost a perfect game in that sense to watch, where there was moments where it was kind of quieter and you could just kind of hang out. And then there was moments where it got really exciting, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, as soon as the Chiefs scored their first touchdown in the fourth quarter, I was like, that's it. They're coming back. You could just feel... (laughs) The momentum changing, and Pat Mahomes, of course, you know he was off for most of the game, and then he turned it on, and you know led them to that comeback. So I was happy for him. I think he's, I mean, I think he's fantastic, and so seeing him get that win and kind of cement that in his resume, which is a very young resume but with a lot of promise. So um, good for him, good for them that they you know got the win, and yeah, I mean overall it was a really great Super Bowl from the game to the commercials, just to everything. I thought I thought it was a good time.
2: Dusty, what did you see?
4: Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was uh, like kind of like what Sarah said, echo a lot of that. I mean, it was you know close in that first half, what ten ten going in the half. Um, it, you know, there's some things that really stood out. Was uh, I think it, it kind of goes to did Shanahan trust his quarterback or not, uh, which which. <laughs> Clearly, clearly not. But also, I mean, there's, that's one of the things this year. I, th- I think, you know, I think of these these younger guys, uh, Shanahan. I think of some of the air raid guys like like uh, Cliff Kingsbury coming out and everything. And kind of there's a thought there's, a, there's these young coaches and they're, they're doing new stuff or at least they have their twists and their stuff, they're going to be aggressive because I, I think of, like, younger coaches in terms of, like, maybe more analytically savvy uh, than, than older coaches, which is not necessarily true, uh, especially when we look at, like, you know, kind of how Andy Reid has embraced some of the analytics. Uh, but I but there's still that thing in the back of my mind that thinks, like, well, Shanahan is younger and he's been around the game for a little while and he's also putting a spin on it. Uh, but he really, uh, you know, while well, Basically throughout his career, and he also showed it off in the Super Bowl as well, kind of the, the lack of um, aggressiveness that I would kind of expect out of him. You had the you know, the half obviously stands out with if they would have called the timeout before the punt. They had all three timeouts. Um, they, they could have got the ball back with like a minute 50 or something. And maybe you get something out of that, maybe you don't, but like you, you at least – you at least have a chance to drive down and get some points before the end of the half. And he had a couple, I think he kicked a field goal on fourth and two, like little things like that. And then you see Andy Reid going for it on fourth. Uh, so and Reed has talked about kind of embracing some of those uh, some of the more the analytical side of of kind of when to be aggressive and when to take those shots and things like that. So it was kind of cool to see that side of it coming out. Uh, and and it really I mean some of that came back to bite Shanahan a little bit. You don't know if they're if they get it if they go for it on fourth or if they go balls to the wall at the end of the first half whether that backfires whether that gets something you don't know. But you also they also didn't try and so some of that like that lack of aggression in the Super Bowl I think out of out of Shanahan. I, I kind of thought well maybe he's going to go for it and then, he did not he certainly did not so yeah I mean the, the first half was interesting the entire game was the entire game was a lot of fun and then just seeing the Chiefs you kept you, like you just kept waiting for it you kept waiting like at some point they got erupt right like the Niners have a really good defense but at some point they're going to get into a rhythm and they did and they hung 21 points on the best offense or the best defense in the league last year uh, so just overall thrilling I think we talked last week I I I think I thought the Niners were going to win. I was hoping the Chiefs were going to, and they did. It's fun just seeing, I mean, Mahomes, all those guys, but really it's it's Andy Reid, man. I mean, I'm just so happy for Andy Reid. I think he won, well, he's got a Super Bowl ring from the 96 season in Green Bay. Uh, he was on the staff at that point, uh, but I, he, nothing since then. So seeing him win as a head coach with kind of what he's done for the game and just kind of who he is as a person, um, super excited to see that. Just great game. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, my favorite quote from uh, Andy Reid was somebody asked him if he slept with the trophy that night. And he <laughs> goes, no, man, I didn't sleep with the trophy. I slept with my trophy wife. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> cold-blooded. That was amazing. I mean, oh, my God. I love you even more now, Andy Reid. That's outstanding. The trophy, um, the trophy was watching those, too. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it was, right, you know, sitting in the corner in, like, a mm. velvet chair. Oh, uh, and I know.
3: I know. What they, what? Sleeping, What's wrong what? they were sleeping,
4: Sarah. What? They are sleeping in separate beds. <laughs> what are you talking about?
2: <laughs> You're not the host now, Sarah. You don't get to tell us what to move on. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that, uh, you know, big takeaway for me was when Sammy Watkins gave the big shout-out to Devontae Adams yes. for, for giving him the uh, the idea of how to beat Richard Sherman on, uh, on that big play uh, that went for like 30-plus yards, I think. Uh that was really cool that he, you know, was able just to say that out loud. It was like, Hey, I was watching Devontae Adams, he showed me the way and I saw what it worked and I went and did it again and that was really cool. Overall just it was a great game. Like you don't want the blowout from the Super Bowl. I mean it was a close game for pretty much the whole time through and a late late touchdown I'm sure affected some betters and things like that, but whatever. Um Overall it was just fun. It was a it was a good Super Bowl. I mean, it sounds like everybody had some good food and some drinks and stuff and good time had by all, so that's kind of it's kind of what you, what you want. You just don't you you want a good football game when when the Packers aren't in the Super Bowl and that's what we got. So, overall a lot of fun. Pivoting, we we have been given the inside linebacker group to as the year in review. So, as you can tell, I'm super excited about it. Uh, Dusty, we've, we've talked once or twice about the inside linebacker group and how I've...
4: Yeah, I feel you know, like it's come up.
2: Yeah, I you know, I've always kind of said there 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 should be an upgrade. Uh, an athletic linebacker might not be a bad thing for the Green Bay Packers, but they don't have one right now, so we're going to talk about what they do have. They've got Blake Martinez, they've got Oren Burks, they've got B.J. Goodson and Ty Summers. So we're just going to run through them, uh, talk a little bit about pros and cons, Uh, everybody will give a little bit of a comment, and maybe we'll talk about some hopes and dreams for the future as to what the Packers linebacking group might look like, but uh, let's start with number one on the list is Blake Martinez. So Dusty, I know you had a couple of thoughts right away you wanted to get into, so I'll I'll let you take the floor for, for Blake.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I got some takes. I don't think it's it shocks anyone. I'm I'm not a big fan of Blake Martinez. I think he's he's fine. I think that's about the the best endorsement I can give to Blake Martinez is that he's fine. I know he puts up tackle numbers, but like, I don't know who cares about tackle numbers. It's not tackle numbers. This is this is how I think of tackle numbers. Is that like. And say you've got two games going at the same time, and it's the exact same play, and it's the exact same defense. Well, we're look, we're gonna, we're gonna do multiverse. We're multiversing this, and in one, in one multiverse, you've got, uh, it's like, it's, we'll say it's third and two, right? And the running back hits the hole, linebacker stops him for a gain of one yard, holds him the fourth and one. That's a tackle. That's a tackle. Now in the other one. You've, the only difference is the linebacker. The only difference is linebacker. And it's third and two, and he makes the tackle at five yards. So the team picks up the first down. And he's still – it's the same stat. He still gets the tackle. Tackles mean nothing aside from the fact that there's a tackle. And then even the tackles themselves, depending on who the scorekeeper is, can be very, very liberal with those. So tackle numbers – I don't – do not care about tackle numbers. I don't care about tackle numbers even a little bit. So he puts up Gotti Gotty tackle numbers. He was um I think for I looked this up this year for solo tackles he was second in the league. For combined tackles he was also second in the league this year. So he had uh, 97 solo tackles, 155 combined. That it doesn't like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um he had this is what gets me, tackles for loss. Uh he had five total tackles for loss this year. Five. That ranks him 142 in the NFL this year. 142nd in the league for a guy who played 90-plus percent of the defensive snaps. 142nd. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith uh, both had more tackles for loss than him with fewer tackles, and I know some of that's a product of the position they're playing and all that. So I think, it, so that's always I bring up tackles just because that's what everyone who likes Blake Martinez always brings up is he got a lot of tackles. Uh, it doesn't matter. None, it, it, that does not matter. So we saw some of what we saw the, the issues with Blake Martinez. A lot of that we that was on display against the Niners. He can't really cover. He is okay if, you, if the defensive line can keep him clean. But then even then, against speedier backs, he doesn't have a chance against them. Uh, he can maybe make a tackle the hole, but he's not going to shoot through line and stop a running back in the backfield because he doesn't have the athleticism for that. So he's a perfectly fine – he's A.J. Hawk. He's a perfectly fine linebacker if everything goes well and he can clean up. That's it. That's it, which there's value in that, but not a ton you can find a bunch of guys doing that like he's a good dude but he's not not a very good inside linebacker it's it's just not that's my thoughts Sarah what do you got
5: yeah I mean I'm not going to add too much to it Dusty said I think I'm kind of indifferent I think there's moments where I'm like wow you know that was alright and then there's more moments though where I'm like I think you could do more I think the thing with him is if he were to have more support would it make a difference and I don't know if that's something that I'm willing to wait and see and have the Packers take a risk on or not so I'm kind of conflicted with what they should do when it comes to Blake Martinez I know he was really emotional at the end of the season about how you know this could have been his last season in Green Bay and he was quite upset and I think he's done a lot for the community and for the team but like Dusty said, I don't know if he has exactly it and what they're looking for. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens um, this offseason and what decisions they make and whether that's, you know, finding someone to play a supporting role or finding someone where he can play more of a supportive role. You know, we'll see what happens. So, I mean, I think overall in the year, the tackles, like you said, Dusty, there was every game he was almost leading the team in tackles, but how effective were those tackles actually being? You know, not not so great so there there's a lot to unpack there and i know this is a player that people they love them or they hate them and or they just are like it's whatever and uh, there was a lot of you know hate hate unfortunately i saw this year you know on social media and everything but we'll see what happens i think you know if anyone can agree on anything it's that He's been a really great you know, guy to have on the roster, at least and as far as what he does. I think everybody on the team really respects him as a leader and such, and that's really where his strong suit is.
0: I,
2: I've got about three points I kind of want to hit on for, for Blake Martinez. Like he's, he's a good, good player, um, but if you listen to lore, if you listen to Kunst in their off, like whatever, like final – pressers of the year they talked about how linebacker their linebacker group needs to be looked at and they talk about how that linebacker group needs to be faster and more athletic i I mean to me that's like a damning statement for blake martinez yeah i that was one of my biggest takeaways from that number two for anybody who says that blake martinez should be paid like a number one all those type of things i want you to go back and watch the 49ers game go back And just watch the linebackers. Watch the 49ers linebackers and watch the Packers linebackers. And just watch Blake Martinez and see. Like he does. He makes tackles after the fact. He blows up his stats doing that type of that. But he is not the guy that can, you know, Aaron Jones got hit in the flat and within one yard of catching the ball, he's getting blown up. Mm -hmm. That's not something that Blake Martinez does that is what you want out of a, a middle linebacker. Like that's something the Packers haven't had Nick Barnett, maybe like that, that long ago. I can't, I mean, Desmond Bishop was, I, see, I always
4: go Barnett Bishop was more kind of like downhill guy, but Barnett yeah. was kind of that the last guy I can think of. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's been a long, long time coming. So hopefully the Packers can address that some other way. Um, but look this my my final thought is that Blake Martinez is an outstanding number two inside linebacker. He would be a great number two inside linebacker. If you compare him with a super athletic guy um that can you know hit those guys and hit the running backs in the flat, he can you know blitz and do all those things. he'd be a great number two, but the problem is right now he wants to be paid like a number one and you can't do that. You can't pay a number two linebacker like a number one and win in this league. Like, yeah. it, it all has to it all has to be in a, in a line. And somebody will pay him some money. Somebody will give him some money because it's just the way it works. So it's a good way. You know, he was a great, like you guys said, great guy, great guy. Uh, you know, did everything he was asked to do and, you know, was limited by his physical abilities a little bit. But overall, for a fourth-round draft pick, he was really great. Yeah. He was really great. And it's okay for him to go somewhere else now and and see what he can do. So that's what I expect, and I kind of anticipate that's what you guys are expecting as well. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on to uh, third round draft pick, Oren Burks, who was we all thought was going to go on the IR with a torn pec early, like in the preseason, but somehow manned up and decided not to have surgery and ended up coming back about halfway through the season mainly a special teamer um didn't do a lot I mean Dusty, I think you have his stats in front of you no uh
4: i I can pull it off no he had uh he I was looking at snaps and his Snap, that was, he had sorry. a total of uh fifty seven defensive snaps, which not great I think he played in what are you playing he he played in twelve games this year he started zero uh he ended up with six tackles that's it. No, uh, no tackle for loss. No, key but he got hits. better.
2: He, he got better with the special teams. As I from he what I remember, he was a good special
4: teamer. Uh, I think still some upside on the defense. But yeah, this was the year you were kind of hoping he was going to break out. I don't know. How, the injury probably hampered him some. But uh, yeah, good
2: special teamer. You're right, Sarah. Any Oren Burke's thoughts?
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously he's tough as nails. I still can't believe we talked about this months ago. That you know, for for someone that plays a position that he does to tear the muscle that he did and then come back so quickly. I mean, you're consistently using that muscle group and pushing off with your arms like that and mm. your chest. And that was just insane. It's still blowing my mind when I think about that and how he was able to come back. And I don't know how much, like you said, that Dusty, that that really hindered him throughout the year. Was it, you know, worse than we mm. were, than we thought? I don't know. But I think he was really great on special teams. And I'm curious to see, you know, do they continue to let – him thrive there or do they try to give him some opportunity on defense or more defensive opportunities this year if you know he stays healthy so he's somebody I think you know if, if you were to ask me who I was looking for this you know offseason or in training camp like what someone is doing and how they've improved in the offseason I think I, he would be a player that I would look at to just be like hey you know what has he been doing the last few months and what's that going to look like
4: yeah like he's got all the athletic athletic, uh, athletic traits so if something clicks for him he he could turn into something that mm-hmm. i'm that's yeah certainly someone i'm watching for too
2: okay bj goodson um running guy who's who's pretty good at defending the run and that's it I uh, i don't really have much else i mean he it was a frustrating like let's be honest it was a frustrating group to watch the entire season um they would get beat by running backs they would They didn't have anybody that could cover them. Um, They weren't making huge plays in the backfield, and you'd watch around the league and see other linebackers doing those types of things. So do you guys have anything on BJ Goodson that you want to add? Yeah, I mean, he's a downhill thumper. Like, he he is a good,
4: decent tackler, pretty good against the run. Like, he's a guy that that he does his – he has a role and he does it well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, I mean, to your point, Steve, if if you're – pairing him with uh, Martinez as your number one, that secondary guy, if he can't quite, maybe those, those lanes aren't necessarily going to be there because you don't have that that freak at one. And so Goodson is a really good complementary guy to another good, uh, like, re- very good linebacker. Um, by himself, by himself he's fine. But, yeah, he's not a guy like you build your team around or anything. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think pairing him, I think him next to Martinez wasn't helping anybody. Uh, but I do think he can be... I, I do. Th- he's solid. I like. I like what he brings. I like that he has a role and he seems like he knows his role. Um, it's just a matter of, of who are you pairing with him, him with at this point. Sarah? Yeah, I don't
5: really have anything to add. I think you guys pretty much hit it on the hit the nail on the head there.
2: All right, let's wrap it up with Ty Summers. Um, how many snaps did he have defensively, Dusty? Zero. Zero.
4: Zero. But a lot
2: in the preseason, Steve. Yeah, he was a stud in the preseason. They he's talked so about how he might be. Uh, he might be running next to Blake Martinez, and nothing. The Blake Martinez. The Blake Martinez. Yes, I know it's shocking, uh, but look, he's uh It's one of those kind of things. You, it's a lottery ticket at the end of the draft, and hopefully, you know, maybe some things click for him as well, and he could be enough. He could be a solid number two because I mean, he's quick. He's quicker than. Uh, I'd say he's probably quicker than Blake, but. Um, Again, it's just a lottery ticket. We'll see what happens with him.
4: Yeah. Would have been nice to see him on the field. but
2: Sure. I, bet, I, bet, th- I bet we'll see him this preseason, though. This upcoming boy, preseason.
4: boy, howdy. Light Woo-hoo. it up. Light it up. The only other guys I'll add, and this, we won't talk about it too long, is just they don't play a whole lot of uh, a lot of base. They don't a lot of play, play a lot of d- base defense. and So I kind of wonder how much this changes if Raven Green had been healthy all year because Raven Green was kind of that hybrid – safety linebacker he would have played the role of of kind of that linebacker we saw some of that with Shannon sullivan as well but it, I, I know this is this is linebacker talk but those guys kind of are half linebackers so i feel like spending a few minutes talking about them is fine like i think i, I wonder if we view this defense any differently if raven green was healthy all year and in there for that for that niners game i still know how much that changes things i guess but those are just just two guys to keep an eye on for next year. Both both Green and Sullivan, because Sullivan played better than I thought he was going to. He Had an mm-hmm. interception, I think, in the Dallas game. Was that was the Dallas game? I think he had that really nice pick. Yep, yeah, um, he did. And and he did really well. I think uh, playing around the line, like I, I think he was very good at that role, better than I thought he'd be, but not as good as I hoped. Raven Green. So just just a couple guys, not necessarily in that group, but also kind of in that group, you know, forty percent of the time.
2: Well, guys, that's um. That's kind of it. We are now in the slow part of the offseason. We haven't reached free agency. We haven't reached combine. We haven't reached draft. We're just, um, you know, unfortunately, we're scraping bottom of the barrel for topics. So we're just going to keep this one short today. Uh, We do want to do some closing thoughts before we get out of here. Dusty, what do you got for me?
4: Oh, absolutely nothing football related. I've been watching The Outsider on HBO, and it's awesome.
5: I heard, yeah, heard, heard good things.
4: Yeah, it's based on a King book, a Stephen King book, and I read the book. And they're actually doing deviating just enough, uh, but that's a really good adaptation. The cast, like the cast, is amazing. The music is amazing. Uh, really, really creepy. I've have I'm having to watch a, a comedy after each episode. Uh, I've been picking up uh, the Life and Times of Tim again just to make me laugh because it's it's just it's on top of being like <laughs> tense, it's also just kind of sad. So just something to like. You My, need a little pick me up after the scary stories. Okay. Yeah, and then I've been going to bed and I read The Shining in bed before I go to sleep. So it's uh, it's like a yeah. I'm just I'm ri- That's fascinating. I'm riding those waves, Steve. Riding those waves. That's all I got, man. The Outsider is great.
2: Sarah, what do you got?
4: I
5: have some sad news. So. This is the weekend I will be purchasing the most stuff Oreos. And <laughs> like. So sad for me, but probably very exciting for those of you that have followed this this crazy hoopla.
2: Also, I need to point out that I correctly predicted the winner of the Super Bowl, and you two got it wrong as well.
5: Okay. And <laughs> we're not we're not
2: picking teams next year, Steve. We're not picking teams. I know. I time. fully understand that there's no way that you want to do this, because I will just become annoying as all hell to you again. So. Just becoming. Yes, becoming. You will become. Shut up.
5: Anyway, the video will hopefully be um, coming out the same time as our episode next week, so you guys can see that and laugh at me. I know some of you have been tweeting at me that you just can't wait for this. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the final thought that I have, just a quick update, because there have been people that have been asking me, when are you going to do that? I'm waiting for the video, so there's your answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Outstanding. And, and then I really hope somebody knows some video video editing stuff so we can combine, like, Sarah eating most stuff Oreos and like gagging, and then getting the video—the video of her falling off the boat and like slicing them together in an awesome way. You're really
4: just going for the kill, just just a single death blow, Steve. If we're
2: not picking games next year, this is all I have left. I've got to take full advantage of this, you know. Is she just ignoring us now? No, she yeah. went to sleep.
5: No, I'm ignoring you. <laughs>
2: Uh, okay, um, so Sarah will be eating all of the most stuff Oreos. Dusty, I believe that uh, Andy told you you had to eat three, right? I don't
4: I don't remember that conversation. No. Okay. Was That's that a me. thing? You brought that up before, but I don't recall. So, Andy, if you're listening, this is a good test. Andy, if you're listening and you <laughs> it, it told me I had to watch Eat 3, then I guess just DM me and tell me that I have to eat three, um, and I'll buy a package. But I honestly don't recall that.
2: There was something like, I forget what happened, but it's... It, Andy used like the packet of like said that that they had spoken and you had to eat three three Oreos. I'll find it.
4: I'm not above it. I'll do it. I just I just want confirmation. That's all. Not doing it for you, Steve. I'll do it, I'll do it, I, for, Andy, I'll do it for you, Dave. You do
2: know that I will lie in order to get you to eat most stuff for you.
4: Been, we've been together long enough now. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would definitely happen. Um, so for me, I will say closing thoughts. We've got some exciting news. We're going to have the Athletics Matt Schneidman come back with us um, and do a, uh, do a season wrap-up next week. So that will be really cool. We'll just get to talk to him. We talked to him, was it right before the season? Sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just kind of did a preview of everything, and now we'll be able to have him come on again and uh, just talk about Packers football. And So we'll probably actually do a mailbag, so if you guys have some questions you want answered from him, we'd love to hear those too. We'll put that out on Twitter. But, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a fun episode next week with Matt, and um, hopefully Sarah will be fully recovered from eating all the Oreos. She she's really, she will not she will not be really annoyed with me right now. <laughs>
5: I'm just pretending that you haven't said anything mean to me this whole episode. <laughs> yeah.
2: Whatever. I'm over it. Uh anyways, that'll that will wrap up the Wednesday edition. It'll take us a little time to get used to that. But uh yeah. Hmm. From now on we'll be catching you guys on Wednesday night or Wednesdays uh during the day. So um Please make sure to follow us as always on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4, and at Steve Perhatch. And as always, go pack go.